Today, talking trees. Can trees be a problem when I'm property developing? You might be thinking, what sort of podcast are you going to make out of this? Trust me, it is going to be great. Jump on into 29, uh, where you hear Bob tell a few very interesting stories that you're going to learn from and some interesting, important info when it comes to trees with property development. Hey, and welcome to episode 29, Can Trees Be a Problem When I'm Property Developing? Well, they can actually, but before we jump into it, we're giving away the book this week to Debbie Mercer. Debbie, give me a call. Thank you so much for the email you sent in, and I'm glad we're making a difference to you. You're like a fan of the week. If you'd like to win this copy of this book, you can write us a favourable comment and subscribe on our YouTube channel, or you can share it and screen share, or just do something so I know that you've liked it and shared it. And you can win a copy of this. Of course, Bob's written his chapter. But anyway, Bob. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you again for turning up, as you always do. I just keep turning up. <laughs> you do, and sharing. Uh, a story about trees. Plenty of stories about trees, I'm <laughs> sure. Not just that. I think you're so willing to share with our community, with, with anybody, with everybody, so much experience that you have, 38 years, pretty impressive when it comes to property development, as I've said in many other podcasts, you what you have. don't know, I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I don't even think there's anything you don't know. But anyway, you're pretty amazing. That, that, that means um, if I make it up, you won't even know. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm there sure there's plenty of people out there making it up. There's an old saying, you know, yeah, you only have to be 10% smarter than somebody to appear to be a genius. Really? Oh, that's what I've heard. Well, I wouldn't mind being just, when it comes to property development, 10% less smarter than you. That would be pretty impressive. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. can trees be a problem Ooh, when I'm uh, property developing? Yeah, they can. I've seen trees kill deals. Yeah, as much as we love trees, mm. and I know you love trees. In fact, you were hacking quite a few palm leaves down yesterday around the pool if I'm not wrong. Oh, yeah, you did tell me to slow down a bit. DIY arborist. <laughs> they are palm trees after all. Oh my goodness, they were just they were just <laughs> leaves everywhere. I couldn't help myself. I'm just, yeah, I probably went a bit crazy. Yeah. But Some serious haircuts. But anyway, that's okay. That's um, that's our trees. But I what, think I have admitted on podcasts if I'm giving anybody gardening advice, they should not take it. No, no. I'm good at some things, but I'm not good at that. No, no. I agree. Yes. However, trees, yeah, I mean, can they can they ruin it? You know, because I go back a long time, as you just said, 38 years of property development. In the old days, councils didn't really care all that much about trees. Why is that, Bob? Oh, because I think environmentally, like the environment wasn't, wasn't a big thing. Like if you're going back to, you know, early 80s, it wasn't like it like it became, you know, in terms of the environment. And term. why is that? Why was it not such a big oh, thing? Oh, look, gee, I don't know. Now so you know really, I'm a wife. Now you're thing. really stretching yeah. me. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I think that we cared less. and uh, So we care more now. Oh, we do care a lot more. Mm. Uh, and and that's a fact. And, and, you know, you look at generations since, since mine, mm. uh, we care a lot more. And councils have come to care more as well. Uh, so it was a lot easier in the old days if a tree was a trouble or in the way. Just, uh, hacked just, just hacked it down. Just hacked it down and ground the stump up. But it's not always that easy. And, you know, some councils are greener than others, mm. uh, depending on, well, depending on the, the councillors, I guess, and the mayor's attitude. I mean, all of, all of that in terms of how they, uh, I mean, they're not 
the permanent employees, but they do dictate policy. Mm. And they would, in, in a lot of cases, be pushing for changes in policy uh, towards you know, greener things, e.g. Uh, not making it easy to cut trees down. So what... Like, what makes one council more green than another? <laughs> like, you know. Well, mm. I don't know. I can, I can remember one council. Uh, there, there just seemed to be, at one of the elections, quite... And when I mean green, I don't mean, like, the Greens Party. I mean environmentally conscious councillors. Mm. A disproportionate number, shall we say, elected. And that became, uh, well, what you call a very green council. Uh, the problem is that... With that green came a, a quite a strong sense of anti-development, mm. and as a result, developers started not wanting to develop in in that particular area. Did and, they just make it difficult? Well, yeah, and, and but the problem is the economy in that area started to suffer because ah, of it. Ah, that's and, interesting. Yeah, and and it got to a point where a lot of them were voted out next time round. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that's that's a bit of a funny subject. But back to trees. Uh, yeah, look, in terms of can trees be a problem with councils? Look, it can depend on the species of the tree, mm. on the size of the tree, and obviously on the position of the tree as well. And, and you know, even, a bit, even as far as species go, I'll tell you a little story. I did a, a small townhouse project with a friend in Toowoomba once. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, a lot of the streets at Toowoomba are tree-lined with a particular sort of tree. It's called a golden rain tree. I don't know what the botanical name is, but they're all over the streets. Now, the weird thing is that in every other council in Australia, they're a pest. They're on their number one list of trees that need to be destroyed. Oh, no. But not because <laughs> many years ago, the Toowoomba Council planted all these street trees, they won't classify them as a pest because if they did, they'd have to go and pull them all out at great expense. Oh, taxpayer money. Yeah. However, I decided to develop a project up there, and the only place I could put my driveway was right where there was a golden rain tree. Oh, how'd you go, Bob? Well... I, I tried to – I wanted to cut it down because it was in the road or the driveway. And it, and it is a pest, so I didn't feel bad about cutting down a pest, but it's not classified as a pest. And I had this big argument that they were the only council that considered this tree a pest and, and uh, they should be quite happy happy for me to, uh, you know, to cut it down. And Anyway, in the end, it ended up costing me a bit over $4,000, which I thought was ridiculous because they're saying, oh, you're ruining the amenity of the street. Uh, you know, by, by cutting a tree down. And I'm saying, yeah, but I'm doing everyone a favour because I'm getting rid of a pest. Because these things used to shoot up off the roots. Oh, no, you know, that footpath and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you didn't cut underneath ah. them all the time. They'd be shooting up everywhere, almost as bad as bamboo. Anyway, at the end of the day, it cost, cost me $4,000. So, um, and, I, and I love trees, but I was so cranky with the council and, and I wanted to get rid of this pest. Rather than pay somebody to do it, I jumped into my into my ute. I drove to Toowoomba, which, which at the time was about an hour and a half from where I was living in Brisbane. Took my chainsaw up there, took my trailer up, chopped the tree down myself, chopped it up in the little bits, and went and dumped it at the local dump. And I felt a lot better for it. Yeah, that but, sounds like that sounds like a bomb. Well, it? I had to get my four thousand yeah. dollars worth somehow. You yeah, know? and I know you would have been like, I'm just going to go and do it mm. myself. Yeah, yes. hands but on it, hips. But yes. at least uh, you know. We did come to an agreement to get rid of the street tree because mm. sometimes street trees can be a bit of an issue mm. if that's the only place you can put your 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 driveway and you have to convince council that can you remove it mm. and they may well allow you to but then they they might want some funds to replace it or to you know whatever so uh, that can be funds to replace it if you remove one of their trees they like you to plant one somewhere else yeah 
Yeah, and look, that's okay because you know, from an environmental point of view, one mm. tree comes down, another another tree goes up, or two trees or three trees. Yep. That's sort of balancing the, the ecology, I guess. Not that I'm an expert on it. But uh, that, that actually reminds me of another. Here we are, tree stories. Mm. I did a retirement village in Bendigo once, and at the front of it was two very large gum trees. They'd been there for quite a while. They were big, large gum trees. But they can be quite dangerous because they're brittle, and uh, those branches can just snap in the right. wind. Mm. They don't flex. You know a palm tree in a cyclone, they just bend over and then they whip back again. Mm. Gum trees don't bend. They snap. And some of the some of the branches that come off a large gum tree, uh, you couldn't even get your arms around. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, people are being killed uh, by them. Anyway, I needed to remove these gum trees, and the council was okay with it. But they said, oh, look, you have to uh, plant a lot of a lot more trees. And I said, oh, okay, what's a lot more trees? And the formula was based on the circumference of the tree. And oh, you know, gosh, these trees how, were huge. These yeah. trees had like a 1.8-metre uh, diameter, not even the circumference. And so it worked out I had to plant 3,000 trees. Are you serious? You, you could pull down two bit. Yeah, 3,000 <laughs> like seedlings, small plants. You yeah. Know. Uh, uh, Weird, though. It, anywhere well, you want well, to. Well, this is the point. Oh, okay. This is where it gets interesting. And I said, okay, where do you want me to plant these trees? And, they, and uh, like, there wasn't really anywhere on the development to plant them because I had to landscape the development in any event, mm. with or without these trees. And so what had happened, at some time in the past, some very green person had decided, well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, if, if a developer chops a tree down, they're going to have to plant new trees. And they created a formula. In proportion to the size of the trees. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the idea was to plant them on council land. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, by the time I got around to this, this thing had been out there for years. And I said, well, where, where do you want me to plant these trees? And uh, I said, what about, what have you got? I said, you must have some parks and stuff. And they said, well, we do, but the problem is they're already overplanted because all the developers before you, we've given them, you know, uh, parks and gardens and God knows what, and, and now we've got, like, too many trees. And oh, I said, well, well what do you want up. me to do with these trees? You know, I hadn't bought them, thank mm. goodness. And, and, and it became a dilemma. Like I was putting heat on them because they put heat on me for 3,000 trees. I've accepted I'm going to have to do it and I'm okay with it, but I, but I need somewhere to plant them. They couldn't come up with anywhere to plant them. So where did you put and them? And I said, well, go and talk to the state government, you know, see what they can come up with. Anyway, nobody came up with anywhere to plant the trees. Where are they? Are they like in a cupboard somewhere, Bob? No. And <laughs> Is there the, a cupboard with 3,000 And in the end, like, like I'm losing time. Mm. And in the end I said, look, can I make a financial contribution in lieu of the trees? And they said, yes, please. Oh, okay. Because... They were between a rock and a hard place too because mm. they were snookered by their own laws. Mm. Is that normal for a council to have that as a law? Oh, have you heard well, of it? Well, a different again? one for me. Mm. I have heard of councils asking for like replacement trees and that's mm. fine. I'm, you know, I'm happy to do I that. I think I've heard it somewhere as well. But like because like two huge trees come down and, and 3,000 small ones needed to be planted but mm. then like nowhere to plant them. That and was the, the issue. And the law was so old it had been well, – the, well, it had been the, the parks were full of trees and like, yeah, where, where else do you park? You plant these things, mm. you know. Funny. Yeah, weird stuff, hey. Mm. But, um, it's interesting, before we started this, I didn't even click to uh, the, out, the outside before you get to – because I always – Thank trees, you know, demolition, clearing the site, all that sort of thing. I never really thought that we were going to be discussing the outside of the property. I was thinking more of on the site itself. Yeah, well, these two big trees were just inside the boundary. Oh, they were inside. Yeah, they okay. were, yeah. But, I mean, I love trees. Mm. I'm not one to, to um, you know, just go and fell trees. In fact, uh, 
I did a I did a resort development once on a lake, and the idea was to put fifty cabins. Uh, the the land rose up from the lake and levelled out, and it was like selectively cleared uh, acreage. It was, it was about you know, ultimately thirty acres, but there was an area of about nine you know, a couple of hectares where I wanted to put fifty cabins, but but have them separated enough for privacy. Mm-hmm. And also for, you know, solar orientation. So I wanted to do it right. But the thing is, this whole area had been selectively uh, cleared, which meant uh, there was some well-established trees uh, dotting it, not not densely dotting it. Mm. Uh, now, what would normally happen from a development point of view is an architect would simply get a, a three-dimensional plan. Mm-hmm. You know, on the plan, he'd place the cabins. And then when it came time for construction, the surveyor would survey where the cabins are on the architect's plans and if there was a tree in the way you just chop it down so i went the other way i actually went on site with a surveyor using all the latest gps gadgetry and and many pegs and a hammer mm. took a whole day and we located each cabin on the site and, and we looked at the distance between the cabins which way the cabins faced and and for solar uh, orientation as well but to avoid trees and so I wouldn't put a cabin where there was a tree. Mm-hmm. So we marked out the cabin so we didn't have to cut one tree down. Wow. Then the surveyor went back and surveyed where every cabin would be so as not to cut down a tree. And then that survey was given to the architect who then designed the cabins within these areas so we didn't have to touch one tree. So that's like the reverse Re- way. Reverse engineering. That it's often done, but mm. for the sole purpose of not cutting down even one tree do you remember you and i watched that um that house that 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 guy the young guy in tasmania that built on that piece of land that that he kept all of the trees because they were very naturally Mm. green type people and they remember that they built around their house the whole house around a Mm. piece of land Mm. that had lots Mm. of trees on it yeah well there's some great trees in tasmania when you're telling your story i'm thinking it would remind me so much of that one yeah so i mean that's a few tree stories but the, the bottom line is trees can kill a deal Mm. or they can impact on it. Mm. If you had a tree in the middle of a block of land, let's just say you've got the old house that we often buy and renovate or knock down, and behind the house is a, is a large substantial tree. If that tree is of a size and a species that this particular council won't let you cut, uh, down. cut down, it's a no-go. It's right in the middle of the lot, and, and that might reduce a four-townhouse site to a two-townhouse site. Mm. Yeah, And, uh, you know, that could kill a deal. You know, another thing with trees that people often overlook is neighbours' trees. Mm. Because if they're, you know, the root systems are in uh, coming in under your into your boundary or your potential boundary, that can be an issue for developers. You know, if they're needing to cut down or, uh, you know, do the... Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. not just the trees on your block. Yeah. It can be neighbours' trees. And uh, that's exactly... Here we go, another story. <laughs> uh, I did a four townhouse project mm. and I, I, some of it was what you call built to boundary. Mm-hmm. It's where there's a wall and it's only 150 million from the boundary. Now, as it turned out, the next door neighbour had some trees there and uh, the town planner said, look, although the trees are on the other side of the fence, you're going to be digging footings within 150 mil of the boundary. We should get an arborist report. So the arborist came in, he classified the types of trees and, and because he knows what the trees are, he knows what sort of root system they've got. Mm. Because some root, roots on trees spread out and some go deep, like tap roots. Mm. Uh, and these were a lot of palm trees, which really just have a bowl root and a few other types of trees. So as it turned out, 
uh, he was able to say, look, uh, even though we're digging footings 150 million, uh, we're not going to damage the roots, or at least not not enough to affect the trees. Mm. And so that that was an arborist report I got, which went in with the development application, and then the council, uh, I don't know, environmental officer, whoever it is, had a look at that and agreed based on that that it was okay. Mm. But I had to get an arborist report to prove it, uh, and that's exactly what you say, neighbours' mm. trees. Remember, we looked at we had a mentoring student, and he wasn't able to look at the site we went and had a look for him because he was out of state and that was a couple of years ago but there was we took an arborist with us because there were trees on the site to make mm. sure they could come down and and even if you remember the site we we're looking at the neighbor's back fence they had a big tree coming over yep, yep. yeah That's, so they can yeah. kill deals yeah it's it's more the neighbors ones on the side boundary too because like in that case, I could build up almost to the boundary. Mm. Often on the rear boundary of a development site, often you, the councils, a lot of councils won't let you build within six metres of the rear boundary. So you sort of got that, that space, you mm. know, if it does hang over. Uh, but I had one, I was doing an apartment block and there was a, a, a jacaranda. I uh, came across a, quite a you know mature jacaranda. They're so beautiful. Yeah, they are. And they're a lovely tree. Mm. Uh, but as it turned out, that affected the corner of my building and I lost two units. Wow. Uh, I, I knew it could be a problem and I investigated it earlier. And So uh, had you run a FISO on it affecting well, it? Well, I, I, I had it because it was an off-market deal. I had time on my side. Mm. I had the time to make the inquiry. You know, I wasn't under pressure like an auction. Mm. And so I got an arborist in. Uh, we spoke to council and uh, it, it came out. And then so we had to adjust the... the um, we had to adjust the design, mm. and uh, I did. I got a, a, a little bit of a reduction on the purchase price as well because mm. of that. I went back to the to the owner, and uh, so yeah, that so yeah, like that that affected it a little bit. Mm. Um, as I said, sometimes it could actually kill a deal altogether. Is there, have you ever heard? Has it ever happened to you, or have you heard of a tree where a council would just say, "No, it's actually there. You know, it's going to kill the deal," and you've heard of somebody getting around that? You know, not, not getting around. No, there's just um, no, it's black and white. There have been people who've cut trees down in the middle of the night. What happens if that? What happens if they do that? Um, what if it, they can end up in a lot of trouble. What sort of trouble Because council, no, look, some people say, look, I've got a tree on my site. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to remove it before I lodge the development application. Hmm. And therefore, you know, it, it won't show up. Because before you lodge a development application, you get the site surveyed. And on the survey, the, the, uh, survey will note any sizable trees so if there's a sizable tree that could be an issue on the block yeah uh some people have said oh look i'll remove it before it gets surveyed so it doesn't show up the thing is that uh councils look at aerial photography and and uh, they get access to aerial photography basically every 12 months and uh and they could see if there was a tree there. Would they? So do, would they look up that every time they'd go that twelve know months? I look 12 it up months, every time. But yeah. I know people who've been caught, and they've lodged a development application. The council said six months ago there was a substantial tree. Where is it? And uh, and so they probably say, oh, I got riddled with borers, and it was dangerous, and we cut it down. And uh, but then there's probably also a rule that you can't cut down that tree without an arborist report to say that it's dangerous and full of borers or mm. whatever, you know, and they. And they can get into trouble. I've heard of people who have a, a nice view and trees have grown up and, and sort of kill their view of the, you know, of the bay or whatever, and they've sort of selectively gone out and put copper nails or stuck arsenic and drilled holes in them and the trees died and therefore they opened up their view. And council have 
pretty well worked out, you know, what, who's got then. the advantage of this tree dying. Yeah. Oh, there'd be that person over the road that's now got a view of the ocean again that they used to have when they bought it. Ten years ago, now the trees are grown up on council land. Mm. I've seen it a few times. I've seen it happen as well. Yeah, and I saw one where it happened. You know what council did? What? They went and okayed because they can't a sign. They put an advertising sign up where there used to be a tree because they, oh. they're the ones who give permission for signing. One of those great big Even ones. Even though it's, I don't know how big it was, but it pretty well <laughs> mucked up the view of the person oh, that no. supposedly killed the tree that no one could prove, you know. Um, At the end of the day, Bob, you're saying when it comes to trees, you really have to abide by the rules and you have to mm. realise that, that. Yeah, and some trees you can remove, some trees you can cut back. I know one council that has a rule, um, even if it won't let you uh, cut the tree down, you can trim, trim the foliage back by 30% mm-hmm. under the direction of an arborist mm. because a lot of the outside branches, you know, they, they could be trimmed back and, mm. and it might even help the tree, you know. Mm. Uh, and, and you can do that, and that might be a bit of a relief as well. But I, I, I'll tell you a um, tell you another little story. Uh, this was a a project I did. It was an apartment block, so it was a base basement, semi basement plus four levels. So the top three levels of the four levels had a city view. Mm-hmm. So, but the bottom one didn't have a city view, and the reason it didn't have a city view is because the neighbour over the back, which was another block of a, of a, a, a low block of apartments. Mm. So it was lower, and they were only, I think, two storeys. Mm. So the building wasn't in the way, but they had these trees up the back that were in the way. So annoying. And uh, now, views views are worth money. Uh, so when you're mm. pricing your units, as you can imagine, ones with a city view have a price and ones that don't have the view don't have the same price. So what I worked out is if these trees weren't there, uh, the two units on that bottom level would have a view of the city. So it wasn't the building that was obstructing the view. It was the trees behind the building of the neighbours in front. How did you get around that? So I had to remove some trees on the site when we first cleared it before we started building. So I contacted the body corporate of the people over the back. And and what I had noticed is they were getting a lot of foliage, like on their roof. The, these trees they had... Uh, we're dropping lots of like like beans and leaves and all sorts of clogging muck, up the gutter, clogging and, up the gutter. Yeah. And so I contacted them and I said, "Hey, listen, I've got uh, a tree removalist coming in uh, because I'm building some nice apartments behind you." And I said, "I'm sure you'd be pleased with that because what we did there was a, a terrible old block of flats there, uh, and it had grown up. There was trees. There was um, there was literally car- uh, you know carpet snakes and that we had to get taken uh. taken for a ho- you know holiday taken somewhere else yep. and rats and all sorts of stuff. Nice. Uh, I said we're building some lovely apartments at the back, so I'm sure you'd appreciate that because it's probably going to help the value of yours. Uh, but not only that, because I've got uh, you know I've got uh, tree removalists and trimmers and arborists in here." I noticed that your trees are leaving a lot of rubbish uh, in your yard, and I'm sure it's costing you money all the time to get all that raked up and removed. And I've also noticed that it's dropping a lot of rubbish on your roof. Look, they're, they're here anyway, and uh, while Can I here, do you a favour? Would you like me to trim the trees back? Because it's going to help the trees, and it's going to help you a lot, because it's going to we'll cut them down low enough so they're not dropping stuff on your roof. They got back to me and they said, that's fantastic. Uh, we're happy to pay the extra while you're tree guys are there uh, what how much is it going to cost and i said no 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 that's okay look just a neighborly thing we're there they can just jump the fence and do it and guess what it opened up a city view perfect i got an extra i reckon i got an extra 
forty to fifty thousand dollars on each of those two. I reckon it was worth a hundred thousand dollars. Probably cost me, you know, eight or nine hundred extra while they were there just to trim these trees. Mm. We did give them quite a quite a decent trim, uh, shall we say, mm. uh, right down low. And uh, the idea was, you know, if ever they get high enough, that we'll do the neighbourly thing again and give them a bit of a trim. So that that was good. That worked out pretty well. That's fantastic. Thank so you, Bob. sort of converted a thousand dollars worth of tree trimming into probably close to a hundred thousand dollars worth of resale value. Nice. And did the neighbours a favour. Oh, how good! Yeah, yeah. You know, you always feel good when you do the neighbours a favour. Hey? <laughs> and and so that's it's another. Like an upsell. Li- that's another little tree story. And they were a type of tree that was okay to give it a good haircut. And we we gave them a pretty decent haircut. They weren't going to come back up that high in a hurry. Bob, is there a difference between arborists that you might like? Is there good? Are there good and bad arborists, or are all arborists the same? You know. Oh, I don't know. What's are a good like, or bad well, arborist? It's like um, a hairdresser. There are good and bad yeah, hairdressers. Are. So, are there good and bad arborists? Look, they, yeah, I suppose. Okay. In this respect, look, they've all gone to uni. They've studied horticulture or whatever they do to become an arborist. So they're all fully qualified. Yep. So in that respect, they're the same. They're fully qualified. I have noticed that some arborists, and this can go, this can be the same with environmental uh, scientists and environmental people as well. Some are hardcore environmental. Some so arborists, got like little, little snips some here arborists and there. are hardcore. Some are more like me. Uh, loving trees, <laughs> and that's good. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying, and and they're very very reluctant to to ever um, cut a tree down. They're very reluctant to. Uh, put in a report, you know that it, you know whatever it is, mm. and some some are fully qualified arborists, but less um, hardcore, mm. and and so as a developer who might need a tree to be trimmed or even occasionally removed, there are some arborists that would be more favourable than others, shall I say? How do you find that? How well, do you fi- how do you find the more favourable <laughs> arborist? And if there are any arborists listening to us today and you're more favourable, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look. Because we develop it not, in every state, so it's always good to know a favourable arborist. You're not going to know just first up. I mean, until you know, you probably rely on, on other people. Mm. If I didn't know, what I'd probably do, like now, I'd, I'd ring a bunch of developers that I might know and say, hey, do you know any friendly arborists that aren't, you know, too severe? Mm. and ask them if I was part of a community like our own I might put it out there on one of our Facebooks hey need a fairly friendly arborist anyone had a good experience Mm. or someone might say well don't use this one (laughs) had a lot of trouble just getting the you know just getting a slight haircut on the tree so I mean initially that's sort of how you find out from Mm. uh, your town planner Uh, town planners would probably know from experience and that's probably one of the best things to do as well Mm. is say look do you know and I'll, you know what I mean by a friendly arborist. Yeah, somebody who's... Yeah, yeah, he might might not be as hardcore as some others. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's how you go about it. As I said, I've seen uh, I've seen sites almost rendered worthless uh, by trees. Wow. I'm thinking of one uh, one development site uh, an agent rang me up about, and he said, look, I think it's uh, big enough to take 30 townhouses. And I had a look, and he was right. It was big enough to take 30 townhouses. The trouble is it was covered in a tree. This is in uh, out, just outside of Brisbane. They call them Morton Bay Fig. They're a very prominent, a very large tree and, and quite, you know, well protected. Now, this is going back uh, – this would, this would be 20 years ago when mm. people knew less. 
And I said to him, look, I don't think I'm going to be able to remove those trees. And I had a bit of a, a quick look. And I thought, I said to him, look, I reckon I might be able to get nine townhouses on the site without interfering with the trees because often you can't even build under the canopy. So the canopy is, is the full spread of branches, mm. you know. And I, and I said, look, it might be a nine townhouse site. And uh, a couple of days later, I, I was in contact with him again because I was still interested. And he said, oh, no, someone else has bought it as though I'm stupid. And it was a builder who, who bought it unconditionally, the whole oh, site. Oh, no, he's a wood duck. Wood duck. And that builder ended up going broke. I don't know Aww. if that was the project that sent him broke. That's sad. Or whether he's just carried on the same amount of stupidity into other projects that got him broke. He was a good builder who became a developer. Mm. He should have stayed a builder. He wasn't a bad builder. Uh, he was a crap developer and uh, paid the price. Yeah, and, and so that uh, that languished on the market for, for quite a long time and eventually, many years later, did sell. And these days it's got eight or nine nine townhouses sitting on it. (laughs) Funny. uh, You know, in the areas where there aren't trees. Wow, that's so interesting. I think this is a really useful lesson for people. And I think that story there is probably the one that would tip everyone over the edge. Yeah, it tipped him over the edge. Yeah, knowing that that it is vital to... Mm. To know that you can't just cut trees down or that counts. Well, you just can't just cut them it. down willy-nilly. No. And, you know, they're different trees, different species, different sizes mean different things to different councils, you mm. know. and uh, Just finding out what it is that your council... Yeah, can you trim it back? Uh, perhaps, it's, uh, perhaps it has a, a disease, you know, that might render it being able to be cut down or mm. fairly given a fairly heavy haircut. Mm. You know, I don't know. Um, that's the domain of an arborist. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Bob. And a friendly one, if you can find one. Yeah, rule number, the rule of the thumb, find the friendly arborist. Yeah. I think we've we've got, given quite a few good tree stories there, but of yeah. value in that. Thank you yeah. so much, as usual, for sharing. Funny subject. It is. But you did say at the beginning, Hilary, that it might be more interesting than the subject sort of alludes yes and i think it was i, I never quite know what stories you're going to come out no, with I, I, plenty I, didn't, of stories. I know i didn't know any of those ones which was kind of cool yeah uh, so thanks again for sharing you're welcome and episode uh 29 done and dusted you'll be having it's christmas merry oh. christmas everybody Tremendous. Happy Christmas. Yeah, this is coming out two days before Christmas. So we, yeah, from Property Mastermind to you, we hope you have a Merry Christmas. Um, Just look out for what we have going on in the new year, propertymastermind.com.au. Maybe sign up to our mailing list or check out our Facebook pages. But we've got some pretty cool stuff happening in 2022 that you might want to know about. And make sure you subscribe to this channel so you don't miss out on a lot more coming your way, valuable content. But anyway, have a fabulous Christmas. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we will see you next week, just before the new year. See you then. Bye. Bye.